Warning, this podcast may contain graphic and triggering content. Please listen at your own risk. Each individual struggle is different and everyone's recovery and healing journey is different. Please reach out to a certified medical professional if you need help. Welcome to episode 44 of Stomp the Stigma, the podcast aimed to fight the stigma surrounding mental health through education, awareness, experiences, stories, resources, and the vulnerable truth. Joining me to Stomp the Stigma today is Tad Milmine. He is a Calgary police officer and the founder of the Bullying Ends Here charity. Many years ago, he heard about a teenager in Ontario that took his own life because of severe bullying, and his story just resonated with him for some reason, and he knew that he had to do something about it. So he started the Bullying Ends Here charity and has created a presentation aimed to eradicate all forms of bullying, whether that's in the workplace or at schools. And he has traveled all over the world sharing this presentation with over a million people so far. This campaign is amazing. I'll let him explain a little bit more about what it's all about, but this is once again a two-part episode. The first episode is going to be all about the campaign and the charity, and then tune in again next week to hear about Tad's personal story and his experience with mental health. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great, thanks. To start off, I really, I want to thank you for joining me. I I don't know much about your story or your journey, just kind of that you have one to share. And I've heard a little bit about your program and your charity, but I kind of just found your Instagram page not too long ago. So I'm excited and grateful to be one of the lucky ones to hear all about it. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. So for everyone that is listening, do you want to introduce yourself, kind of who you are and what you do? Well, I kind of wear many hats, as, as I say. I kind of have three of me. So to start, my name is Tad. Um, I'm just a guy named Tad is one of the hats that I like to describe myself as, a person that absolutely loves uh, the Blue Jays. I love baseball. I love uh, being outdoors. I love movies. I love just being a regular bloke. Um, The second of three hats that I wear is I'm a police officer. I've been a police officer now always on the front lines for 13 years. I started my career with the RCMP in Surrey, British Columbia and currently for the last eight and a half years right downtown Calgary. Calgary, Alberta is where I'm posted with Calgary Police Service currently. And then my third hat, which all seems to be intertwined together, is the charity that I started up about nine years ago. I call it Bullying Ends Here. And it's, um, it kind of takes into account my life story, my story and, and knowledge and, and experiences being on the front lines and, and, and seeing firsthand how people can have the worst day of their lives, but then another day have the best day of their lives. And, and um, my life is just so intertwined. Those three hats are, they're always on. I can't just be one or the other because it seems like they're all connected in some way. So, so I've, I mean, I'm very fortunate that, that uh, I have a story that not only am I willing and prepared to share, but people such as yourself, Alana, are prepared to hear it. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's quite an honor to, to do the things that I, I'm allowed to do. 
I love that. I love that they're all so intertwined. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to start. Makes it a little difficult when you're on vacation, though. Yeah. Because you can't <laughs> go away and be Tad because somebody is going to know or hear, or especially with such a unique name like mine, I was... I've been away in uh, the Dominican Republic and kids recognize me in the pool, which really is, it's astounding to me because, you know, I'm in the Dominican. I've, I've, you know, got a drink in my hand, my sunglasses (laughs) on, no shirt on. I'm lounging by the pool with a big brimmed hat and sunglasses. And yet somebody is like, are you Tad? So it's, um, the name really stands out. So I didn't like it for many years, but. (laughs) It's certainly grown on me now. That's amazing. That's hilarious. So you're a celebrity, like, around the world. <laughs> no, I'm just Tad. That's the only part I, I, I know that I'm just I'm just Tad. It just happens to me that I have the opportunity to share my story to, to such a wide audience around mm-hmm. the world that... Um, and doing it for nine years, it's, it's bound that someone is going to recognize my name or even recognize me especially when i'm wearing pink it's one of my favorite colors so i'm always wearing a pink shirt or hoodie or something along those lines so it's uh yeah it's uh just with kids and i mean in canada i've i've done my presentation in person to over a million students so that's one in 32 canadians has has met me personally um by doing that presentation so it's bound to happen that sooner or later somebody's going to to recognize me so it's like I said, it's an honor. I think the best part of that is that my only hope is, is um, at the end of that presentation that I resonated with just that one student, whoever they are somewhere in that audience. And if somebody happens to not only remember my message, but remember my face, remember my name, remember kind of that key messaging that I had, then as far as I'm concerned, that's mission accomplished because they are taking that message away and there's no video there's no handouts there's no singing and dancing it's just me standing there for an hour and a little bit talking so it's uh yeah to have students especially now they're starting to grow up i mean i have people that are now adults uh coming up and they remember me from when they were in high school and they saw it so it's uh it makes me feel like i'm getting old it also has me recognizing how long i've been doing this because life goes by so fast that Mm -hmm. you don't really appreciate how quick time is going and and um yeah i've been doing a lot of talking over the last nine years (laughs) oh that's so cool i do want to start off with um your charity and that is called bullying ends here this is going to be like a really broad question but what is that all about and how did that come about and why did you start that in the first place well, it's actually a very simple answer. It's uh, it started by circumstance, by accident. Um, it was late November, um, well, early November, late October, uh, two thousand eleven. I had just finished a shift at work in in, uh, in Surrey, BC. Uh, went home and curled up in bed with my phone and started reading the headline news as I do every day. And one headline that night caught my attention. It said, Ottawa teenager takes his own life because of severe bullying. And I remember in that moment of reading that article, it took maybe, you know, two minutes um, reading it. And I began to learn about a young man, 15 years old. His name was Jamie Hubley. Uh, Ottawa teenager relentlessly bullied uh, severely. Uh, He was openly gay. And because of that bullying, he started struggling with mental illness. At 15, uh, he took his own life, and that's what what made the news. So as I'm reading 
and being introduced to Jamie and his story, it's, uh, I don't know what happened. I mean, in my line of work, I see and experience tragically every single day. Um, I come home and read the news just like others that do the same thing. And we read tragic stories every single day. We turn on the TV, we see the stories, but something about Jamie's story that night just resonated with me so immensely that I remember when I finished the article, I was, I was paralyzed. I was frozen in bed and I knew that I was going to do something. I absolutely no idea what. Um, I just knew I was going to do something. And and it, it kind of goes back to that first message that I said that if there's just one person struggling in school and I can reach out to them somehow, I can just break down that, that wall, remove a stigma, whether it's sexuality, whether it's mental illness, whether it's medication, whether it's uh, suicidal ideations, whether it's... Um, uh, you know, tragedy in life, or whether it's it's a very minor breakup, but that's a young person that day. It is the most important, um, you know, incident or event in their life. Then, then that's what I wanted to do. So, the way this all started was I, after reading about Jamie, the fire inside just really started to grow. And I thought that, you know, first steps first is I should maybe just go to a school and get an idea of what it's like to be in high school now. It has been a long time since I was last in high school. And, and um, so, yeah, so I just went to a local school. It was, um, it was lunch hour. I was working. So I walked in, said to the secretary, you know, are there any student groups meeting today at lunch? Yeah, I remember everything about the moment. She said, there are two groups meeting today. One is the football team, but they're out on the field. And it was a miserable day, so I wasn't going to go stand with them. And I'm not going to get an idea of what high school's like with a football team out practicing on a field. Um, but she said, but the other group was was the GSA, or Gay Straight Alliance, that was meeting. And I remember thinking, this is this is perfect. Because if there is a group that's going to be able to share with me what school is like nowadays... It's going to be a group that is a part of, of a minority group or, or, or a group that, that feels as though they're different. They stand out. They're, mm -hmm. they're not the same as others. So I went up to the class. I was a little naive thinking that I'm just going to sit in the back in full uniform. No one's going to hear me or see me. I'm just going to listen. And that's the whole intent. I just wanted to listen. I wanted to hear the tones. I wanted to hear, you know, what they're sharing, what the body language is like. Um, and there were 11 students, two adults. And I, it didn't last very long before the kids are kind of like, who's this guy, this cop sitting in our class? Well, of course, I introduced myself and I broke the ice. I said, you know, I'm Tad, um, you know, short for Tadpole. And uh, so that kind of just broke it up a little bit. We kind of all had a little giggle. And, and that was the first time that I really started to open up a little bit about my life and, and talking about how. I'm, I'm gay, but when I was in school, I, I would never have been able to, to have come out like these kids are at nowadays. And I remember they were looking up to me. And I also knew in that moment they weren't looking up to me because they were looking up to Tad. They were looking up to me because they are looking for adults to look up to. So at the end of, of having that very open, raw uh, discussion with the kids, one of the, the teachers came up and said, you know, would you be willing to come and talk to one of my classes? And so we arranged it. It was, I, I can't remember how long, a few days, maybe a week or so later. And it just kind of grew. That teacher told another teacher who told another school, who told the government, who then told the federal governments. And, and it's just, it's all been word of mouth. So I think I've done probably 1,300 presentations now. Uh, it's over the last eight and a half years of, of doing the actual presentation. And, um, and never once have I reached out to someone and said, here's what I do. 
may I share my story. It's always mm -hmm. everywhere I go, the opportunities that I, I get, even around the world, it's all from word of mouth. It's from people such as yourself yeah. doing Google searches, yeah. learning what's out there, what resources, what support are, uh, supports are available. So, um, yeah, and here we are today. Wow, that was incredible. That's a lot of opportunities. Yeah, that's really surprising that it's all been word of mouth and everyone reaching out to you. That's crazy. I love that. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. Granted, I, I do get a lot of media attention. So the word gets out that way. Um, you know, now with COVID, a lot of podcasts are, are mm -hmm. a good way to go. There, there's little things behind the scenes that help spread the message and the awareness. So for instance, yeah. individuals like yourself doing a Google search, you're going to come across uh, individuals such as myself on the topics that you're searching. But yeah, as far as presentations, it's all been one opportunity after another. And I've come to understand every single opportunity leads to another opportunity. It's kind of like those, those action books, you know, choose, choose your path, you know, turn to page 28 for this or 100 for that. And every single opportunity affords myself other opportunities. So the only challenge I've ever had is, is simply finding the time to balance those three hats that we spoke about, trying to find the the right amount of time for tad time as i call it that's the mental health the, the time alone i really enjoy time alone um being a full-time police officer i do have obligations that you know require me to work four days a week 12 hour 14 hour days and then i've got the, the bullying ends here with the requests to come and i i don't say no sometimes we have to work on dates as you know but uh uh but i've never said no to an opportunity it's, it always seems to have a way to work out, even if that means going over to the UK where I normally go probably twice a year or Amsterdam or yeah, it just, it doesn't, it just, it can be anywhere. Wow. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. So you don't know. It's one of the good things with social media. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you don't know what it was about Jamie's story that kind of resonated with you. It just, it just kind of hit you. Yeah. Um, to this day, I still don't. I still don't know what what the moment was. What was the key word? What yeah. was the trigger? Um, it's probably the first time when I look back on my life that I realized I was triggered by the story. That's a word I had yeah. never really even heard of, to be honest with you. Um, but now with more exposure, more knowledge, more understanding, more listening to to those that, that want to share with me, I realized the power of being triggered. It can be very negative. But it can also be very positive because it, it can allow you a moment to really reflect back on why did that hit you that way? Why did you have the feeling that you had at that time? Is that something I need to focus more on for myself? Do I need to reach out for professional um, assistance and guidance and support? You know, those types of things. So I I don't know what it was with, with Jamie's story, but I think it was just reading it. Maybe it was the way the article was written, maybe, and I just I felt a part mm -hmm. of it, and and just that that feeling that you know the kids at school thought it was funny to tear him down. They thought it was all right to to make fun of his sexuality. They thought it was okay at a very young age, at five years old, he started figure skating. Um, that they thought that was okay to 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 mock him and and. Uh, just that sense. But I mean, fast forward nine years later, I'm very close with Jamie's family. It's, uh, they're, they're still in Ottawa. I go back and see them whenever I can. So it's, it's normally a few times a year I'm in Ottawa. Um, I've been to a few uh, events with Jamie's family and 
I know Jamie is, is looking down. He's done certain things that, that you just, you can't explain. I mean, one of those things is, is at one of the events with Jamie's family, there was this great big draw for, uh, for this grand prize and I haven't won a thing in my life and um, and I won the grand prize and it was this massive prize and um, you know Jamie's family were there and they were tearing up I was just like what is going on I haven't won anything in my life this is the weirdest uh, you know and it wasn't rigged there was no way to rig this this event um, but then the next time I went back it was another event with Jamie's family and I have an addiction to Diet Coke and I had gone to the pop machine in the hotel to, to take with me for my journey to, to the events. And when the bottle popped out, it had Jamie written on it. And I just realized that there's a little man up there watching okay. down and, and uh, yeah, we're connected. It's kind of like we're, we're brothers in a way that we've never met. We, we didn't, but I feel like Jamie's with me all the time. I, I really do. I, I feel like he's there and, I almost feel like it's it's his voice that's coming through me because I'm doing things that I I could never have envisioned, and one of those is public speaking. I cannot stand public speaking. Yeah. It's uh, it's I'm so uncomfortable. I'm a horrifically introverted person, but yet I can get in on center ice in in front of the Saddle Dome in Calgary and speak to sixteen thousand students without a heart like skip uh, of of a beat. And um and yet when I walk off the ice, it's like this big exhale thinking what did you just do Ted like where did this come from so it's uh I, I I really think it's it's him coming through me his story his his feelings and and I think that has a like a part of why the story resonates so well because my presentation mm -hmm. involves his story I talk about Jamie in every presentation I speak as though he is still with us though so in the presentation you don't know that they don't know who Jamie is. They don't know that he isn't with us anymore. But I share his story as though he's still here. And then when I say that Jamie isn't with us anymore, the emotions, they, they rise, they, they hit. And it's, um, it's a very powerful moment in the presentation, if I say so myself. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I can't, I, I've run out of words to describe what yeah. what is happening i truly i've never understood it um but i recognize it's bigger than me so i can't Absolutely. i can't have a bad day yeah. i can't say you know what i don't feel like it i i'm gonna say no i i, I don't feel like i i have that option anymore and i don't want to have the option because i mm -hmm. i really do enjoy it mm -hmm. it's um but yeah it, it's amazing how how everything's connected how everything is meant to be, how the journey in life sometimes goes a path that you would never have envisioned. And I'm not doing anything special because every single person, young or old, has a story. We all have a moment in our lives that we felt alone. We felt neglected. We mm -hmm. felt that what we're experiencing is only us. And there's no one that's going to be able to help. There's no one that's going to understand. We have all had those moments. Um, so I'm not doing anything special. I just happen to have the gift of being able to share it where many others don't want to share it for a multitude of reasons. Mm -hmm. That's something I was going to ask you. Um, Cause I remember back when I was in school, I mean, that was a long time ago, so probably very different now, but there was always talk about like, there's no tolerance for bullying. And it kind of seemed like there was a lot of talk and not much action. Mm -hmm. Like bullying is always, it's always there. 
um, no matter how much it was talked about. So I was curious if, if there was something about your talks or your charity that is, I guess, different or more effective than other than other, um, I guess, anti-bullying um, methods. Yeah, and I think that's that's the interesting thing. Like, if I could go back in time, I I probably wouldn't have the word bullying in the title because what mm-hmm. I'm doing isn't. It's not about bullying. It's it's about being a kind person. It's about taking taking a moment before you push send and reflecting on what you're about to to post and and how that post is going to be a direct reflection on you, like the person that's pushing send. Um, it's it's about mental wellness. It's about mental illness. It's about sharing. It's about um, vulnerability. It's about resilience. Um, so it really isn't about bullying. But when I first came up with the name, the reason why I came up with it is I wanted to think of what what is my mission and what is my end goal. So that's how the name came about. Well, my mission is about bullying because that's what I just read about with Jamie's story. And that's what hit a nerve for me growing up. Um, and my and my goal was to end it right here. And whether that is here as in it's me or here is in the moments in which I'm delivering the presentation or here is just that line in the sand, wherever that is, um, it's up for interpretation because I don't know what the answer is. I just came up with the name and it was available. So um, it really isn't a presentation about bullying. But everything about bullying is all intertwined with being kind, about keeping your hands to yourself. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. Um, Self-reflection on the internet, what you're posting, what you should or shouldn't be posting. So I I guess to go back to your answer, what's different about it is opening up, sharing. And my presentation is only half of what I do because the other half is when the students or, or adults, I mean, I speak to junior high all the way through to corporate events, um, is everyone gets my card and it has the website. It has my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, any possible way that you can get in touch with me. It comes directly to me. So I make a commitment to, to my audience that if you want to reach out and just say hi, message me. It comes to me. I promise I'll respond. If I'm awake, I respond. And, um, and there's no judgment. And I think that's what is really resonating with people is that they have the opportunity that they feel as though they know me because something in the presentation connected with them on mm-hmm. the individual level, probably something that they don't speak openly about with others. Maybe it is sexuality. Maybe it is mental illness. Maybe it is that feeling of alone or wanting to give up. I speak about all of those very, very deeply and personally in the presentation. And and I think when you have that that uh, connection, that the, that individual that's reaching out feels safe. And I think that's the greatest honor in life, when somebody confides in you knowing that you're the person that they can share it with. Mm-hmm. And if, if, I mean, I'm not a counselor, I'm not a therapist, I'm nothing along those lines, I can't help on that perspective, but I can be the one to say, you know what, hey, would you like me to speak on your behalf? Would you like me to share this with anyone? Would you like me just to listen? And um, the vast majority just want to vent. They just want to share. They just want to be my friend. Mm-hmm. So, or they want to, to have a friend in, in me. So yeah, it's, it's very, very simple. It's, um, it's just really weird when you think of it because we kind of, as adults, we have a, I don't know, a 
a feeling of what kids would be like nowadays or, or how a presentation like mine would, would work. Yeah. And yeah. don't be fooled. I'm sure there are people out there that do not like my presentation at all. <laughs> and that's okay. It's, it's just my life. Um, but obviously there's a lot that like it because they're talking about it. Mm-hmm. So for anyone that I guess hasn't seen your presentation or maybe won't see it, is there kind of um, an encompassing message that you are trying to get across to people? It would be one word, and that's kindness. It's yeah. um, it really is that simple. So, like when I share Jamie's story, and and then I share that he isn't here with us anymore. One of the key messages that I go to afterwards was, Jamie could have been anyone in this room. Jamie yeah. may have been someone in this room in the past. Jamie may be someone in this room in the future. But Jamie doesn't have to end the way Jamie Hubley ended. Um, all that we needed to have done was to take the step forward. If we saw something was happening, be the voice. All that we needed to do if it was happening to us is have a voice, use our voice. All that we had to have done if we were the person that was tearing somebody down is to, to stop and to ask ourselves, why are we tearing somebody down? There's, I mean, the answer is very simple. There's something wrong in my life that if I'm going every day and tearing someone down, it's beyond being a joke or being funny or being accidentally cool it's it's now a behavior and behaviors are taught it's coming from somewhere and um as mentors as adults we all have a role to play i don't have any children in my life but yet i've taken on a very aggressive role to help our young people i think parents adults aunts uncles grandparents we all have a role to play and that's by being kind to one another i mean Mm -hmm. kids don't have to look very far on where cyberbullying comes from it's not kids Yes. It's the adults. It's uh, In Canada, we just went through an election not that long ago. We saw what adults were doing. Kids were not involved in any of that. Yeah. They weren't swearing at the, at the uh, prime minister. They weren't throwing rocks at people. They weren't taking to social media saying all these very obvious lies. And I'm not speaking pro any political party at all. I'm just saying in general, mm-hmm. um, we just experienced something unlike any other election we've ever had in this country. And there's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of anger out there and you can blame COVID, whatever. But the fact of the matter is that kids saw that and they saw the people that they admire. They saw their aunties and uncles. They saw their mom and dad. They saw the people they look up to doing these things. So what are they going to do? They're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, we don't have to look very far of where things are going wrong. And it's, it's not the kids. The kids are learning. The kids are watching. The kids are mimicking. It's, it's us. We're, we're messing up. So we need to find a way as individuals to fix things. And it's not by pointing fingers at other people. The only finger that should be pointed or at least a direction is right back at ourselves. What can I do to, to be a role model, to be a mentor, to be a kind human being that that young person may be like, you know what? I like that person. I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, that's where we can start to to make some positive uh, positive inroads when it comes to bullying. Wow! So for people that do want to help, how can they do that? Are you accepting donations? Like, how can people contribute to your cause? Well, as a charity, especially during COVID, but just in general, as a charity, the the thing we struggle with most is money. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, you know, especially after a presentation, they want to get involved. They want to do something. Yeah. As a charity ourselves, though, we've got all the inroads, we've got all the leads, we've got all the people, we've got all the connections, supports, resources available to help. 
Um, but everyone associated with the charity is all is all free. We we all volunteer, including myself. I don't take a single dollar for for a presentation. It's um, I do it because it's the right thing to do. As does everyone on the board of directors, our youth advisory board. Everyone does it because it's the right thing to do. Um, the challenge is, however, is that there's not a lot of money out there with the audiences we're going to. See, it's not like you can just charge a school and say, listen, make a make a thousand dollar donation to the charity because chances are the schools don't have that money anymore. That's one of the first things budgets get cut when it comes to school boards is they cut the funding for presentations. So it's um, so, yeah, so there isn't a lot of money. And the last thing I want is someone to say, sorry we don't have the money. In fact, chances are they're not going to say that. They're just not going to respond back. And who loses out of all that? There's only one person. It's it's the child in the audience who would have been positively impacted by by the message. So yes, there are sponsorships, uh, donations. We have draws all the time for, um, for, I mean, we're very fortunate. We've got a lot of high-profile people in, in Canada that support bullying ends here. So um, uh, for, you know, NHL hockey fans, we've, uh, I mean, our ambassador is Johnny Goudreau, who's the superstar of the Calgary Flames, a very dear friend of mine and a very dear friend of the charity. So he's always, you know, sending out, um, like, via me, but he's signing um, pictures, photos, bobbleheads, jerseys, pucks. I mean, things I didn't even know that he had. and. Um, He's saying, you know what, send these to people that have something positive on, on their social media footprints. And, and so we're very lucky to, to have a tremendous amount of support. But it's, um, it seems to be the struggle is always the money. And I don't have time to be asking people for money. In fact, that makes me very uncomfortable. So I just keep doing what I do. And I know that positive things will, will come. So do you have like future goals for your charity or plans or, or you're just continuing on um, doing what you're doing? It's, it's funny you ask because, you know, what you're always told, you know, growing up or even as adults, you, whenever you have a dream, people always say, shoot for the stars. <laughs> I mean, just the sky's the limit. Yeah. I mean, we've heard all of these analogies and, and, and words of wisdom, you know, and, uh, and it seems like every time I had kind of a goal, it was it was shattered, like absolutely shattered in a matter of months. Whether it was a goal of, you know, when I started doing some presentations thinking, you know, it'd be really cool if I could eventually speak to 500 people. Like that would just, it would just blow my mind. You know, here I am nine, nine years later, I've spoken to over 1.25 million people. Um, so clearly I broke my 500 person uh, goal. Um, I think about how many messages I would like to receive, how many, how many people I would like to hear from and shattered. I mean, I get messages from a hundred, 125 people a day and I message every single one. It's, uh, I think for the charity, it's, it's like, okay, so our next step is let's create an app. Um, it seems to be what everyone wants nowadays. So we just got through a two year, um, development of the most basic app in the world but it's so complicated and it's one of a kind for this country it's an app where you download it it basically there's a link that goes to the website and then there's also a a tab where you can report an incident so you you report it and then that's where the magic starts to happen so 
Alana, if you had filled out that report, it comes to the only person as of right now that can log in. That's me. So it's totally anonymous. You don't have to give me any information whatsoever about yourself. But you can share about an incident, whether it was to you, something you saw, something you just feel isn't right, something you want to report to the school, but you don't have the means to go to the school, so you want me to send it. Um, but the neat thing is that I can now, because of the app, I can message you back through that app and say, you know, can you tell me a little bit more about what was the what was the offender wearing? Was it a red shirt? Was it a black shirt? Um, so you and I could have a, a full on discussion, totally confidential, totally anonymous. Um, and it just helps fill in the blanks of that report. So now I can say, you know what, are you all right if, if I send this off to your principal? Is, are you all right if I send it off to your local police? And then that, that's how it's done. So it's kind of like a Crime Stoppers report in a way. Um, but we, you and I can have that continued conversation while you still maintain, mm -hmm. uh, and um, I can never say that word, anonymity. So... Yeah, it's um, it's great. So, but that's just one of the pieces. So now, I guess the next big goal is to take all of our foundations. Like we have presenters and experts in the field of social media. We have experts and, and professionals in the field of workplace bullying. You've got me who deals with the lived experience um, piece of it. Um, so we've got all the bricks of the foundation laid. We've got the app. We've got all our social media platforms. We've got a youth advisory board. We've got everything set. But now we've got to tie it all together. And so we're hoping to raise enough funds um, uh, to hire somebody, basically like a program manager, that can take everything and tie it all together. That we can recognize our donors. We can keep up with social media. We can do podcasts. We can do video messaging. We can do Ask Tad segments. I mean, all these things that I just can't do on my own because, well, I'm old, and I don't know how most of this technology works. So. I need someone to manage me with that, and mm -hmm. it would be ideal um, to have that position, and I would never expect someone to do it for free. So so that's kind of the next goal, but um, we'll see where, where that leads. Wow. Oh, I'm so excited to see where it goes. Me too. That's we just so got to get rid of this COVID thing in my Bobby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get that out of the way. We're obviously on, on a very positive stretch now. So yeah. um, get back out on, on the road and, and do the presentations and, and uh, keep the message going and, and connect with the newest youth in, in the schools that, that I go to across the country. And, and uh, yeah, just keep plugging away, you know, fighting the good fight, the fight that's worth fighting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I do want to get into a little bit of your own story as well. So is there anything else about your charity and your campaign that you want people to know before we move on? Oh, gosh, I think we've, I think we've touched on, on all of that. I mean, anything else that, that anyone wants to know, it's right on the website. I'm sure you're going to link it somehow, but it's just bullyingncr.ca or .com or .co.uk. Um, we've got them all, so you can't, you can't miss us. Um, there's everything on there from about the presentations, about the presenters, about the foundation, about how to donate, everything. It's a one-stop shop. All the supports and resources you can imagine are, are available on that site. So, yeah, so I think anyone listening can, can go and check it out at their, you know, uh, convenience and, and see what, what amazing work we are doing. Mm -hmm. Perfect. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. Feel free to reach out at any time. You can contact me on Instagram and Facebook at StompTheStigmaYYC, and you can email me at StompTheStigmaYYC at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. And if you or someone you know would like to come on, I would love to have you share your story, speak your truth, and together we can stomp the stigma.